Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and you're listening to Hey, I'm Talking Here, the podcast where I talk about everything and anything I find interesting. In this episode, we'll be talking about Manhwa. At least I think it's pronounced Manhwa. Those are Korean comics. So we'll just go through a quick timeline of my comic consumption. Uh, originally, I just read regular comics. I would get them as gifts, or if I saw something interesting with my pocket change when I was younger, I would just pick them up. And then as I grew older, I eventually uh, started reading manga. Mainly in high school, when I was in a crowd that read manga a lot, I started reading that. I read a bunch. I read Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Fairy Tale, just a bunch of really cool stuff. I read some One Piece, but oh, that thing's got like a million chapters. <laughs> And then after I left high school, I just kind of stopped reading manga altogether. And then I went to college. And in college, I fell into a, crowd, a bad crowd who read manga. Um, and I read a bunch of manga again. I read the ones that everyone read. Uh, One Piece Man, Boku no Hero Academia, Black Clover. And then I kind of stopped. I'm not really sure why I stopped reading manga. I feel like it was just kind of, there was just so much, I don't want to say filler, but like with One Punch Man, it was one issue of Saitama doing something and then 17 issues of other people and I was like when when will it get back to Saitama I need to see him I need to know what's going on and then when I was reading uh Boku no Hero Academia it was oh here are the bad guys and we did our thing here's a little break here's a new set of bad guys I, I guess I kind of found it repetitive because it was like okay oh new bad guys are coming in cool oh you defeated them all right new bad guys are coming in I don't know there's something about it that just I don't know I just kind of kind of got bored of it now enter the beauty that is manhwa. For one, they are completely colored. So unlike manga, which are maybe the first couple pages here and there on certain special editions are colored, manhwa are completely colored. Two, they are really easy to read on your phone. I don't know if they're designed to be read on phones. I can only assume because unlike manga where it's reading right to left, flip the page right to left, all that kind of stuff, manhwa is you just scroll. You scroll and you read, and I'm assuming it was 100% meant for phones because I read it on my phone and it is beautiful. Now I'm just going to go over some of my favorite manhwa. Stay tuned to the very end after the shout out because I'm going to give you my number one top pick best manhwa ever. Never read anything else. This is the one you need to read. This is just perfect. It's perfect. Please read this. It's perfect. So stay tuned for that one. So we're going to start this off in absolutely no particular order with The Great Mage Returns After 4,000 Years. So I'll give the description that the manhwa gives and then I'll just kind of fill in the blanks where I think needs to be filled in. A poor student in the West Road Academy, the shame of the Blake family, chooses to die after living a painful existence. However, a new soul suddenly takes over the body of the student. So as you can tell from the description, um, that gives 0% of anything that's going on in this manhwa. It is, it's, yeah, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> the story itself is about the student who is bullied and has no magical powers and is having a shitty life and is disowned by his family because he is powerless and not being as amazing as he's supposed to be, apparently. He just decides that his best course of action is to kill himself. But 4,000 years previous, there was a incredible mage, some would say the great mage, who was incredibly strong and the most powerful mage ever in existence. A demigod decides to, instead of killing him, because I don't know if the demigod can actually kill him, but instead he traps him in this parallel world limbo thing where he is just tortured for 4,000 years. So when the student decides to end his life, his mind is transferred down to this area 
and he's like, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'm giving up. If you want to take over my body, you can go for it. And the great mage is like, hmm, is this real? I've been tortured for 4,000 years. What's going on? But he does take over this body. And when he takes over, he's like, okay, I'm alive. It's 4,000 years in the future. I have no idea what's going on. And this body has no magical powers. So step one, I'm just going to cultivate mana and power, which is a big thing in uh, Manwa, is like the cultivation of energy and mana. It's in another one that I will not be going into called Tales of Demons and Gods. It has a lot of cultivation of mana. Anyways, I've said cultivation of mana a lot. <laughs> he decides to become stronger and basically changes the student's life around and becomes super popular and very strong. And his whole goal is to become strong enough and learn more, become more powerful to find this demigod and just obliterate him. Because it's like, hey, you trapped me in the middle of nowhere being tortured for 4,000 years. Time to get some comeuppets. So that's what the story is about. It's very much got this like, I don't want to say wish fulfillment fantasy. Like most of these have some sort of like wish fulfillment where it's like a weak person becoming extremely strong and like getting whatever they want type thing. But that's that's got this feel of I'm going to become strong and watch me become strong. And damn, this guy's so strong. It, it's kind of like a lot of the ones I'm going to be talking about as well have a, like a, a one punch kind of feel where it's like this guy is so strong and nothing can stop him. But it's not to the point where it's like, oh, this is boring. It's like, what is he going to do? He's so strong. Like what, what we haven't seen his power before. Like what can he possibly do? So it's very cool. Uh, if you're into fantasy, magic, seeing weak people become strong and kicking people's ass. I would suggest this one. Next up on the list, again, in no particular order is survival story of a sword king in a fantasy world. Some of these have like big mouthfuls of titles. <laughs> so the description is Ryu Hanbin was a normal person who had just been discharged from his mandatory military service when he was transported into another world. Left to fend for himself, he was given the goal of surviving and growing stronger in a desolate world riddled with monsters. The problem is the guideline that was supposed to be his guiding system to survive is filled with errors. That was a better description than the previous one, but it still leaves a lot out. So Hanbin is, as it says, just getting out of his military service and he's transported to another world. Now in this world, in front of him is a almost like a video game system type thing where it tells you things levels, it tells you what things do, attributes of other things. In front of him, it shows like a sword, a staff, a spear, and he's like, cool. I'm going to be a mage and he grabs the staff. Nope, can't do that. Okay, I'm going to be a spearman. Nope, can't do that. Well, I guess I'll be a swordsman. Oh, look, you get the sword. And then he's in this area where it's like all rocky and there are these like dog creatures. In this area, you are supposed to go from level one to level five, move on to another area where you be go from five to 20 and then you are entered into the world and you can do whatever you want. For some reason, he is stuck in this area that will only bring him to level five. So when he hits level five, instead of going forwards, it's like, good job, you're back to level one. But say he gets 20 strength and 15 stamina from hitting level five. When he goes back to level one, he still has 20 strength and 15 stamina. So when he goes back up to level five the next time, he has 40 strength and 30 stamina. And this happens over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, no one, act it doesn't say how long it was, but someone has speculated, like looking at his, at his stats, he's like level a thousand and something. Like he's so incredibly strong and he eventually gets out of this area. I can, I cannot for the life of me remember uh, why. I don't remember what is the inciting incident that gets him out of here because 
Uh, it's been a while since I've read the first couple chapters, but he gets out of this and he's, as you can rightfully assume, he's not very happy. So he decides he's going to try and hunt down one of these gods that put him in this area and maybe give them a talking to, probably a beating to get him back home because, you know, no bueno. But what he doesn't know is in this world, when you exit into this real world, like this fantasy real world, not the training area, people like him are called otherworlders and they are despised by the community because they just do what they want and they flaunt their power and hold their power over people and corrupt things. And they're just bad people. So he has to hide the fact that he is an otherworlder so he can become strong enough. I guess not really strong enough because he's super strong where he can become high enough ranked in the society that he is able to meet one of these goddesses and send him back. Now along the way hijinks happens. He forms a team with some people that I will not spoil. It is a really good one. Again it's another one of those like one punch man ones where it's like this guy is hella strong. We know he's gonna beat the shit out of these people but how's it gonna happen? But it's, it's one of the ones where it's like, hey, he can't show that he's super strong or people will start to question what's going on. So it has some of this like, he has to be strong, but not too strong. And ooh, what's gonna happen? So this is another one I wholeheartedly recommend. Next, we have a returner's magic should be special. Now this one has a long description, so bear with me. Now that I'm back, I won't allow my loved ones to die again. The Shadow Labyrinth, the most catastrophic existence humanity has faced in history. Desir Armin is one of the six remaining survivors of mankind within it. The six attempt to clear the final level of the labyrinth but ultimately fail, and the world comes to an end. However, when Desir thought he would meet his demise, what is revealed before him is the world, 13 years ago. Desir is returned to the past, back to the time when he is enrolled in the nation's finest magic academy, Havrion. He is reunited with his precious friends and is prepared to change the past to save the world and his loved ones. Three years remain before the emergence of the shadow world. Change the past and gather powerful comrades to save mankind. Hachibachi, that is a long description, <laughs> but it does basically sum up the first couple chapters of the manhwa. Uh, it is Desir is facing this giant evil and they are the last bastion for humanity and then they die and he wakes up 13 years in the past and has to basically figure out how he can stop the calamity from happening and destroying civilization. So he has to use his brains and reconnect with all of his comrades that he had before, make them stronger than they were, faster, so teach them things they wouldn't know for another, say, six years. Well, I'm gonna teach them that now, so when they're six years down the line, when they're supposed to learn that, they're like six years ahead. So it's really cool because He's, he's not very strong. He has okay magic. He can do some magic here and there. Like he's okay with magic at like a base level, but he's not throwing out giant ice spears that will destroy a continent. But what he does have is the knowledge of how to combine his small spells into incredible spells. So he can do like, I'll turn this water into whatever, like into ice, and then I'll use wind magic to propel myself forwards. Whereas someone would not think of that and would not be able to combine those magics, he's able to do that because he's a mind for it. He also has this really cool magical skill where he can analyze other magic. And when he is done analyzing a spell that say someone is like casting a fireball, he can analyze that fireball. And right when he's done, they can't cast that fireball anymore because he's analyzed it, he's broken it down. You can't cast your spell, sucker. 
So he has to gain up all of his friends and comrades and basically not tell them what's going on because he can't, but somehow get them all together and become friends and stronger so that when the time comes, he can unleash them. But another wrench in the spokes is the fact that he is a commoner. And 13 years ago, before everything went to shit, commoners and nobles did not get along. If you're a noble, everyone was below you. No one can tell you what to do. You are the cream of the crop. Whereas a commoner is a commoner, like a lowly person who has no future and it sucks to be them. So he not only has to prepare for the coming disaster, he also has to somehow bridge that gap so that the nobles will listen to him and prepare for the shit hitting the fan. So again, I'll say with all of these, I wholeheartedly recommend this one. It's very good. This one is like, it's up there in ones that I really enjoy. All right, we're coming down to the last of them here. I've got two more and then my super special recommendation that everyone should always read no matter what, just look it up, read it, it's amazing. So for this one, it is called Overgeared. So the description is Young Wuxin, username Grid. In the world's best virtual reality game, bad luck always revolves around him, but he stumbles across a job during a quest, the strongest legendary job out of over 2 billion players. Not much to go on with that description, just kind of tittles your fancy, but doesn't give you too much. Now I will give you too much. <laughs> this is one of two VR manhwa that I read. They're very popular over there. Basically things with video games are really popular in manhwa, but this one is a guy uh, who goes by Grid and he is just super bad luck. He has a bunch of debt, uh, keeps dying in the game, getting stuck with stupid quests, but he's on a quest and he's about to be backstabbed, double-crossed. He was basically on a fetch quest. He was going to go get a book and they were going to double-cross him, kill him and take the book without paying him. So he decides, you know, what? screw it. Before they kill me, I'm going to open this book and I'm going to figure out what's going on. Opens the book and he becomes a blacksmith, but not just any blacksmith. He is a super special blacksmith. He's called Pagma's Descendant, which Pagma was the first amazing blacksmith. He was like the master blacksmith in the game and now he's Pagma's descendant which gives him like he can wear any armor no matter the restrictions he just gets say it's like you get 100% extra uh, damage reduction oh you're not the level you're supposed to be you only get 30% damage reduction he can use anything he wants armor weapons anything it won't let him get the full effect of having that stuff but he can also make weapons and armor he is a master blacksmith after all and how the problem is He's not a very good master blacksmith because he will spend 13 days cranking out swords and on the last day, maybe he'll pop out an epic <laughs> where he has like, say, 72 normal swords. They're still better than a regular sword. So they'd be like, oh, this is a mastercraft longsword, whereas a regular longsword is just a longsword. It's like this one has more damage and lets you move faster or whatever it is. But he struggles to get those really good juicy things that he can sell because in the game, you can turn in-game currency into real-world currency, and you can sell in-game items for real-world money. So he wants to build all of these like amazing weapons, sell them so he can get a bunch of money, so he can pay off his debtors, but things keep getting in the way. This one is like really cool. It really delves into mechanics and building mechanics of fantasy games, which is something you don't really see tapped into, but it is it's really well done. An interesting fact about this one though is it started a couple years ago and then like stopped after like chapter 13 and I was like dang this was cool sucks that it stopped 
and then about uh, and then this year or i guess technically last year it started up again and it's on like chapter 42 or something like that so it it came back with better art style and it's been going longer and it is really cool i don't want to spoil too much because there are things that go on um with all of these obviously there are things that go on but this one's a really good read it's pretty quick to catch up to being current and if you like fantasy stuff but also video game logic and like building and like crafting in games and seeing how that plays out in a comic this is a really good one for you and this will be the last one before the shout out and my super recommendation so this one is called the legendary moonlight sculptor and the description reads the man forsaken by the world the man a slave to money and the man known as a legendary god of war in the highly popular mmorpg continent of magic with the coming of age he decides to say goodbye but the feeble attempt to earn a little something for his time and effort ripples into an effect none could have ever imagined through a series of coincidences his legendary avatar is sold for 3.1 billion won bringing great joy to him only to plunge him into despair at losing almost all of it to vicious loan sharks with revelation of money through gaming he rises from the abyss with a newfound resolve and steps forward into the new age of games led by the first ever virtual reality MMORPG, Royal Road. This is a legend of Li Hyun on his path to becoming emperor with only his family loving heart, his boundless desire for money, his unexpected mind, his diligently forged body and the talent of hard work backing him. So this is probably the manual that I have been reading the longest. Um, I think this is the first one I ever read and it is the second VR manual that I read. Well, I guess technically the first because it came first and then Overgeared came second. Anyways, it is amazing. Uh, it's like 160 chapters in or something like that. And it is super cool. So what happens is in the beginning, like it says, he sells his basically like a wow character, he sells his wow character for a bunch of money. And he's all happy and celebrating and he's with his grandmother and sister. And they're like, yeah, this is great. We can afford a house and live comfortably. And then a bunch of loan sharks kick in the door and like, hey, before your parents died, they took out a big loan, didn't tell you about it, then they died and it's building up, building up, building up. And now you owe us basically all your money. So they take all of his money and they pay, he pays them off. And then he opens his mouth and is like, listen here, if I can bring the exact same amount of money to you in five years, I'm going to be the boss. You're going to bow to me and this shit's going to stop. And they're just like, uh, yeah, okay, if you can bring the exact same amount of money to me in five years, whatever, sure, I'll bow to you. Because they're like, he's not going to do it. So he decides, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to make a character so amazing in Royal Road, then sell it, make a bunch of money, and show these guys what's up. So with the amount of money he has left, they are able to get a, a better house, and he's able to buy the pod for VR because like for this one and over geared they're not like VR headsets they're like pods where it's like a full body experience so he buys that sets it up and before even going into the game he spends one year reading everything he can about it training his body and mind uh, so that when he is in the game he is because it does take some of your features and he's like if I know how to fight in real life I can fight in the game. So he goes to sword lessons. I don't know if it's Aikido or what the equivalent would be in Korea. I don't know if Aikido is Japanese. Anyway, something like that, some sort of sword training. So he trains and reads everything he can for one year. And then he goes into the game. 
So the first thing you're greeted with is like a sword trainer who's like, if you whack on this thing for 16 hours a day for six days straight, you'll become super strong. And people are like, okay, I'm just going to take the sword and whack on this dummy to learn the basics of fighting. And then I'm going to screw off. But he doesn't do that. He's like, okay, I will whack on this dummy for as long as I can until I can gain no more from it. Because when you fight this dummy, you're gaining stamina and strength in the game without having to level up. So most people are like, this is ridiculous. Why would I spend hours and hours getting strength and stamina when I can just go beat up like rabbits to level up and then, hey, I'm stronger and have better stamina. But if you build up with the stamina and strength before you even start leveling up, you will grow exponentially larger when you level up because you have this bigger base to start with. He's like the only person who does it. So then from there, he grows fond with the fighting instructor and he gives him a hidden quest. And from that hidden quest, it grows and grows and grows until he becomes the legendary Moonlight Sculptor and gets this amazing hidden class. And then from there, it's basically him going on these adventures, trying to make himself the best possible character he can so that when he sells it, he'll make a bunch of money. But that also includes getting rare items and selling them in game for real world money so that he can put his sister through university and take care of his grandmother's medical expenses and such. So again, like Overgeared, it is an uphill battle where he is doing stuff, selling stuff to make money that is eventually going out to not debtors, but to university expenses and medical bills. But he is building up this amazing character. And it's like this huge, there are a bunch of huge arcs in it and like amazing characters. And he's a very penny pincher kind of guy where he's like, okay, if I buy all of this bread, then I can feed these soldiers and these soldiers will owe me. And then I can get these soldiers to do this. And it's very much a mind of strategy to try and get him the most money that he possibly can without spending any money. So this one is really good. Um, I've been reading it the longest. If I didn't find the one that I'm going to mention after the break, this one would probably be my favorite because it's just that good. So now I am going to do my first content creator shout out. As I said earlier, I will be doing a shout out once a week for any type of content creator I like, be it artist, musician, YouTuber, podcaster, anything like that. And this week I have decided to shout out the miserable hair people. I have known them for several years. They were doing YouTube stuff when I was doing YouTube stuff and we just had a mutual fondness of each other and became friends. So originally they were doing Let's Play videos with a twist, they had little puppets instead of themselves playing and talking, which is really funny to see puppets swearing and whatnot and cussing and saying dirty, terrible things. So from Let's Playing, they then went on to doing Omegle and Reddit videos. And then now they're doing two series. One is the Dollar Bin of Doom, where they talk about, eh, let's call it shitty movies. And they riff over them and talk about how crappy they are and how great they are for being crappy. And they also do the Contextless Cast, which is a podcast where they basically talk for like, say, two hours and then just cut out the funniest, weirdest stuff and make a 20 minute video or 20 minute podcast where you have no idea what's going on. You just hear these outlandish, wild, hilarious freaking things. So it's really great. I can't do them justice. You will have to check out their content. I have the link for them in the description or the show notes. Be warned, they do have a darker type of sense of humor and it is a little bit cruder, but that works perfect for me because that is my sense of humor. If you do find that stuff interesting, I hope you check them out because they are really funny and great guys. Again, that is the Miserable Hair People, link in the description.
And now for the creme de la creme, the best manua ever, the reason I get up in the morning. This is solo leveling, and the description reads, 10 years ago, after the gate that connected the real world with the monster world opened, some of the ordinary, everyday people received the power to hunt monsters within the gate. They are known as hunters. However, not all hunters are powerful. My name is Sung Jin Woo, an E-rank hunter. I am someone who has to risk his life in the lowest of dungeons, the world's weakest. Having no skill whatsoever to display, I barely earn the required money by fighting in low-level dungeons, at least until I found a hidden dungeon with the hardest difficulty within the D-ranked dungeons. In the end, as I was accepting death, I suddenly received a strange power, a quest log that only I could see, a secret to leveling up that only I know about. If I trained in accordance with my quests and hunted monsters, my level would rise, changing from the weakest hunter to the strongest S-rank hunter. So this is it. This is the best manual I have ever read. It is beautiful. All the other ones are really good looking too, but I, the creatures in this, like the skills that people use, it just looks so good. And the story is amazing. So it's about Sung Jin Woo, who is a regular hunter. He's the lowest of low, the weakest in the world as he's called. And he basically just goes into really low ranked dungeons to basically just carry things out that can be sold off for money because he has to pay for his sister's living and his mother's medical expenses, which is a very common thing apparently in this is paying for a sister and having some sort of medical debt. He's going on a regular hunt, just like usual, going in a D-ranked dungeon, and then an S-ranked dungeon opens up inside of that D-ranked dungeon. Now, the only way to get out of a D-ranked dungeon or any dungeon is to complete the dungeon and kill the boss. So there are a couple B-ranks, mainly C-ranks, and then some D and E-ranks, and an S-rank opens up. So like shit, the only thing we can do is go through this, hopefully we can beat it and then get out of here. So they go in and people are getting slaughtered left, right and center. Like it is a massacre, but there is a pattern to it. And Sung Jin Woo figures out that pattern because he spends all of his time trying not to get killed so he could pick up on these patterns. So he sees the pattern and is like, okay, everyone follow my lead. We duck down here, we walk slow here, we do this, we do that. And then they aren't being killed. So they get to the very center and he figures out, okay, if we stay on the center until these candles all blow out, we will be safe. The door will stay open. We can walk out. But as more people leave and try to run away, the door starts to close slowly and slowly and the creatures will just slaughter them. So he's like, okay, everyone just stay here. We'll do our best. We'll stay here. When the candles go out, we can all leave. And people are like, screw that. I'm running. People are starting to run away. They're just getting obliterated. Some of them make it through, some of them don't. So he's standing there. It's him, another hunter who has lost his arm and a healer. The healer is passed out. She's having none of it. And Sun Jin Woo says, you have a family, you have kids. Take her, run. If I stand here, they will kill me because we need more people to stand on it and the gate will stay open. The more people leave, they get closer. If there's not enough people standing on it, they'll just massacre them. He's like, leave, I'll stay here. I'll stay on here as long as I can until I get murdered. Hopefully you can get out. So he stands there, they run, they get through the door and he's just about to get slaughtered. And then a little prompt pops up and it's like, hey, do you wanna get stronger? Do you wanna not die? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and he gets this power where it's very much like a video game. He has a quest screen, he can see his stats, he can level things up. And then he wakes up and he's out of the dungeon and he is looking hella ripped and he's looking like like standing straighter, got a more chiseled physique and just handsomer. And he's like, what is going on? 
and then he gets a quest. Run 10 kilometers, do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 something others, and he does that, and he gets a quest reward. And then he's like, cool, now I have points to spend to make myself better, and I have a key to whatever. And then the rest of the manhwa is him becoming incredibly strong and such a dope character. Like, I'm not even gonna spoil his powers or anything like that, because he's just so cool. He just becomes a strong, dope character, He's like kicking ass, taking names. Everyone is like, oh my God, this guy is like maybe the most powerful person we've ever seen in our entire lives. This is insane. And he's like, cool, now I can do higher ranked dungeons. I can get money for my family. Life is grand. And I don't want to, <laughs> I've been hyping this up, but I don't want to spoil too much because it's like that good. All I can say is the art is phenomenal. The story is incredible and you have to read this. If you skip every other manual I've mentioned, it would suck for you, but read this one. This is the one you have to read. It is so good. It's got those fantasy elements of like having some like powers and killing monsters and like real world elements of I have to work for this corporation and I have to pay my bills and it is like incredible. All I can say is it's incredible and you have to read it. I am not going to spoil anything because it's just so good. I'm like smiling just thinking about how great this freaking manual is. It's so good. Okay, now that I'm done gushing over solo leveling, I bid you adieu. If you like this episode, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you do, wherever you listen or watch this. If you want to reach out to me and tell me how correct I am about solo leveling or other manual to check out, you can hit me up on my Twitter. And until I see you next Wednesday, have a great week.